Hello and welcome to the Lake Syria Vineyard Church podcast. We're glad you're here and hope that the following audio will be a blessing to you. If you'd like more information about who we are, where we are, and what we're all about, please visit myvineyardchurch.com. Welcome to the Vineyard, everybody. How you doing? Good to see you all today. My name is Troy Easton. For those of you that might be visiting today, I'm the lead pastor here And I get the privilege of welcoming you today, and we get to open the scriptures together here in just a minute. Um, But I'm going to give you a heads up about a few things, because we've changed some things up today a bit than we usually do it. Um, For those of you who might be visiting today, the second Sunday of every month, typically, is usually the time that we set aside um, a little bit of space during our service to share in the Lord's Supper together in honor of Jesus' example and command in the Gospels to break bread and drink the fruit of the vine as a way to intentionally remember what God accomplished through Christ's broken body and his shed blood for us on the cross. And usually when we do this here, you'll come into the auditorium and at the door, usher will hand you a little uh, chalice with some juice and a, a piece of bread in it for you and we'll have you take it to your seat and we'll ask you to wait to take communion until we lead you through a very short guided time of preparation and reflection. Um, Today we're doing it a little differently on purpose. There's a few reasons we're doing things a little bit different today. Uh, One reason that we're changing things up for communion today is that if we're not intentional, if we don't pull back a bit from the way we always do things and just take a minute to actually consider what we're doing and why we're doing it and why it's important, then what happens is we can slowly drift out of this place of sincerity and toward religiosity. Out of this posture of authentic reflection and remembrance and response and into just going through the motions. And after years, years, at least seven, minimally, that of doing communion the same way here, candidly, I think some of us are there. I think some of us are there. I think for some of us, it's just routine. It's just what we do. We've lost the conviction to seriously and sincerely enter into this time as a way to draw near to the Lord and to allow the bread and the juice and what they symbolize to actually nourish us spiritually. That's one reason. Another reason uh, we're changing things up here is that after all that we've been talking about over the last few months as we've been walking through the book of Romans, after all the discussion that we've had over our sin nature and our need for rescue in Christ, after all the discussion about the freedom we have from sin and from eternal condemnation by grace through faith in Jesus because of what God did in and through him and his broken body and his shed blood, We want to do, just like we did on Baptism Sunday, what we want to do is just create some intentional space, an intentional pause, if you will, for us to, as a community, lean in a bit. And not just hear the gospel again, but actually to see it and ingest it and experience it today, too. And then another reason that we're changing things up today is that our community's growing And because of how many people are coming here on Sundays, it's easy to hide, it's easy to get in and get out, and it's easy to stay at a distance. It's easy just to stay in that posture as I'm just going to church versus I'm a part of the church. And though we know that's normal and and that it takes time for people to connect 
with others and form meaningful relationships and develop that sense of belonging in a community like this, this morning our pastoral team just wants to shrink the church a bit by getting the opportunity to bless you in the name of Jesus and personally serve you communion today. So before I open the scriptures, I'm gonna invite you to do, do something for me. I'm gonna invite you to reach under the seat in front of you and grab a name tag and write your name on the, a lot of you have already done this, I see, see, that's good. But if you haven't already done so, there should be name tags on the seat, under the seat in front of you with a little provided marker. If you're in the front rows, it's in a coffee mug under the seat. And what we want you to do is we want you to write your name on that name tag, stick it on your shirt so that when you come forward to receive communion today, if we don't know you already, then at least we can bless you and serve you using your name. Sound good? So go ahead and do that right now. Um, let me just give you some direction too if you have kids. If you have children with you, we want them to have a name tag too. Um, and if they're small children, you can certainly keep them with you when you come forward today and we can bless them and serve them communion. That's at your discretion. If your child is not ready to take communion today, that's just fine, we'll still bless them today. Um, but either way, we want your kids included as well. And here's the thing too. I know that, uh, I know that there are some of you here today that you're still wrestling through some things. Maybe you just showed up today and uh, you just were curious. I know that you might not be in a place where you can legitimately say, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm all in. Um, and we, I just want you to know I'm really glad you're here and that you showed up today and that you took the risk to be here. And it's my prayer that if that's you, if you're here today and you've not yet chosen Jesus, if you've not surrendered your life to him, if you can't legitimately say that you believe in Christ as the Son of the Most High God and the Savior of the world, I want you to know that the Bible tells us that it's not a good idea for you to take communion, and we'll go through that here in a little bit, but on the other hand, as the pastor uh, of this church, one of the pastors here, it would really mean a lot to me if you still come forward today and let us bless you. It is our hope that among this people, in this place, as we proclaim the word of God as the spirit of God does what only he can. It's our hope that you would come to know Christ and him crucified, and yet there's space to, to journey toward him here today as well. So um, as I say all that, if you're here and you're not a b believer yet, if you're not a follower of Christ, you're still welcome to come forward today and I'll give you some directions on how that's all gonna work here in a little bit. Sound good? Okay, if you have a Bible, go ahead and pull that out. If you have a device with access to the scriptures, we're gonna, uh, you can pull that out too. We're gonna look at um, some scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 today. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look at a passage of scripture where the Apostle Paul, he's actually rebuking the Corinthian church. Uh, their practice of the Lord's Supper and reteaching them about it. Here's what you need to know before we read the, the text. In the early church, communion didn't look like this. In the early church, the sharing of the Lord's Supper wasn't just this little portion of a church service that was designated for believers to eat a little piece of gluten-free bread and take a little sip of grape juice. Uh, communion was actually an intentional part of a much larger communal potluck-style meal that believers would share regularly for the purpose of enjoying Christ-centered fellowship with one another and celebrating the truth of the gospel. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, where we're gonna read here, what had happened was that these communal meals that the Corinthians would have together, where they would also share communion together, what, would happen, what had happened at this point is that they had morphed from these beautiful, intentional, spiritually unifying gatherings around Christ into these careless, selfish, divided, party-like atmospheres that looked nothing like the gospel. And they did not honor or create the, the right atmosphere for the Lord's Supper to be shared. In fact, the way that the Corinthian believers went about it, believe it or not, was actually the cause for so many in their community actually being weak, sick, and dying. And so the Apostle Paul, the one who had originally taught the believers in Corinth about the Lord's Supper, what, what he's doing now is he's cleaning up the mess and reteaching them the purpose of communion. And so uh, he does that in verses 17 through 22. He rebukes the Corinthians for what they had turned it into, essentially telling them that what they were calling the Lord's Supper in their midst was actually not that. It was a mockery of what it was supposed to be, that it shouldn't continue that way. And then in verses 23 through 34, Paul reteaches the Corinthians about communion by walking them through the history, the purpose of communion, and exactly how to do it. Because how we practice and share in the Lord's Supper, believe it or not, matters. It matters. So for sake of time this morning, we're gonna skip the, the rebuke section in 17 through 22, and we're gonna jump right in to verse 23. Sound good? So jump to 23. Britt, would you please get me some water? I forgot my water, and I'm about to have a coughing attack up here. Please, thank you. Okay, we're jumping in at 23. This is the section where Paul transitions from his rebuke to reteaching the Corinthians the history and purpose of communion and how to do it, and to do so, what he does is he points right back to Jesus, and what he did, what he said, why he said it, which you can read on your own in the Gospels, Matthew 26, Mark 14, and Luke 22. Here's what Paul says, though, in verse 23. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, thank you very much, broke it, excuse me, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, it's really important as we look at this text that you know that Paul is not saying that Jesus himself taught Paul about communion. Okay? But what he is saying is that the Lord's Supper is this ordinance that was instituted and established and passed down by Jesus himself. That this wasn't just some religious ritual other people came up with, but that this was a commanded practice given to believers from Jesus himself, which is why Paul had passed it on to the Corinthians and exactly why it's important to observe it and enjoy it the way it's intended to be. And so to remind them of how it began and why it's important and how to do it, what he does, of course, is he looks right back to when it all started, the night that Jesus started it, which was the night that he, Jesus, had eagerly gathered with his disciples to celebrate the Passover together in the upper room. Are you familiar with that story? This is the night, the very night that Jesus would be betrayed by Judas and handed over to be crucified. Now, what's interesting about that night that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper was that, just like I mentioned, it was Passover, and Passover 
was this celebration, it was a meal and celebration commanded by God to be observed and enjoyed annually by all the Jewish people as a way to memorialize and remember what God did in rescuing and delivering his people from their bondage to slavery to Pharaoh in Egypt. Obviously a defining moment in the history of the people of God. And what's so interesting and certainly ordained by God is that it was during that meal as they're celebrating and remembering rescue and deliverance, it was during that meal when Jesus initiates and commands a brand new meal of sorts, one that was also intended to memorialize and help people to regularly celebrate and remember the ultimate rescue and deliverance, the very thing that God was about to do in and through Jesus and his death on the cross. Now, obviously, at the point in the Gospels when Jesus is initiating the Lord's Supper, Jesus hadn't been crucified yet. But he knew it was coming. And he knew what it would accomplish. And he knew how important and necessary it would be for the people of God to consistently celebrate and remember what Jesus was about to do for them because of how it would profoundly reveal his love and grace, because of how it would powerfully reground and refocus and reinvigorate their faith, and because of how it would bring his people together around the same table, regardless of all the divisions that are natural among mankind. And so Paul, he takes the Corinthians back to that Passover supper, He reminds them what Jesus said, what Jesus did, and why. And he says, the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, reminding the Corinthians that the bread was symbolic of what Jesus did because of God's will and God's love. That Jesus willingly gave up his life for sinful man, completely turned his life over to be killed on a cross to endure God's wrath toward sin and pay humanity's debt for it. And that the cup and what's in it symbolized the sealed deal for humanity's forgiveness, justification, and salvation through the death and the blood of Christ. And that did away with the old covenant sacrificial system and began a brand new one. And then after Paul reminds the Corinthians of what Jesus said and did, he tells them why it's important to do it. And he says this in verse 26, and listen carefully. We miss this part. For as often as you eat this bread, and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Or in other words, there's no prescribed frequency for how often believers are supposed to gather around the table for the Lord's Supper. Some communities do it every week. Some do it every month. Some do it every quarter. But the Bible doesn't prescribe how often to do it, but the Bible does tell us we are to do it, and we're to do it until the Lord returns. 
because of how the remembering and the eating and the drinking actively proclaims and demonstrates faith and the gospel over and over and over and over again to the believer and to the community. See, the point that Paul is trying to make here is that in taking the Corinthians back to the Passover meal in the upper room where Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, is he's saying that the communion is about more than just eating a piece of bread and drinking the fruit of the vine. But that communion is given as a gift of God's grace because of how it invites believers into a sacred and holy space where something supernatural and something real actually happens in us and among us as we remember and reflect on the truth of what Jesus did through his broken body and his shed blood. That there is something that actually takes place in and among God's people when we do this the way God has asked us to. And because it is a sacred and holy space, and because of what it's intended to do in us and among us is exactly why there are parameters for how it's supposed to be done, which is why Paul says what he does next in verse 27. He says, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why, Paul says, many of you are weak and ill and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, meaning if we really examined ourselves, if we judged, judged ourselves truly, we wouldn't be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we're disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. Paul says, before you eat and drink of the cup, proper time and attention needs to be given to examining what's really true about ourselves, our faith, our relationship with Jesus, and even our relationship with sin. Paul isn't saying here that we can only come to the communion table if we're cleaned up and worthy because we aren't, because we can't be, because we're sinners, remember that? We are sinners. We, our worthiness does not come from what we do or how cleaned up we can make ourselves. Our worthiness only comes by faith because of Jesus, not because we actually are, remember? So don't think that you have to be sinless, clean, and perfect to come to the table of communion, but what he's saying is that if we come to the table with a careless, unconcerned, unrepentant, and insincere heart about our faith and about the sin in our lives, if we come to the table in a dishonoring, disrespectful, flippant, and irreverent way, if it's just a snack or something that we just do, if it's a religious ritual and routine we do without any heart or thoughtfulness to it, it will dishonor God and it will dishonor the gospel and he's telling us right here that it will actually be grounds for not receiving grace but judgment from the Lord that takes the form of weakness, sickness, or death
which I think is enough to get you to think about how easy it is for us to go through the motions, don't you? If you're, yeah, I'm not going to say that. I was thinking of an example that could bring this home, but I think that's good enough. There's not many places in Scripture where you can read the direct consequence for your actions as clearly as this one. So now, based on what we just read and what we're preparing to do together today, um, here's what we need to be on the same page about, okay? Communion, the Lord's Supper, is a special spiritual and intentional time that we're to regularly and sincerely observe and participate in. It's a part of what we do during worship. It will consistently always be that way because Jesus told his disciples to do it as a way to remember and reflect on the broken body and shed blood of Christ, okay? Communion is to be received and taken in a worthy manner by sinners who aren't perfect but who have thoughtfully and honestly examined themselves and their relationship with Jesus and with sin. And communion, it is to be done in community, among the people of God because of the picture of the gospel that it is and that it proclaims, and that's what we're gonna do now during the remaining portion of our service today, okay? So the rest of our time, we're going to be doing this. So let me just explain how this is going to happen, and I need you to do me a favor and just pay attention because there's gonna be a lot of moving parts today, and my concern is with this many people that it might get cumbersome if, we're not, if I'm not clear. So I'm gonna do my best to communicate how this is gonna work, and then we'll just work it out. Sound good? Okay, so here's the deal. In just a minute, after I pray, our team will take their place on the floor here up front in the platform. We're gonna form three pods where you're gonna be able to come forward to receive the bread and the juice. Once our team is in position, what we're gonna do is we're gonna serve communion to our worship team first. So they're gonna come forward and demonstrate it. So if they screw it up, it's their fault. <laughs> so we're gonna serve them first. You can remain seated during that time, okay? We'll serve the worship team first. And once the worship team has received communion, they're gonna come up here and take their place on the platform. They're gonna invite you to stand, and then they're gonna begin to lead the room in worship for the rest of our time together, okay? So we're gonna be singing songs to the king the rest of our time together. Um, as they do this, you're gonna notice that the volume's gonna be down a little bit, and that's to protect what's happening up here, and the lights are gonna be up more than they usually are, more than we're used to, and that's because we wanna make sure no one trips or has issues getting to and from their seat, but also because we want you to see the gospel today. We want you to see what's happening. Um, once our team gets rolling, the ushers are then gonna come in and they're gonna dismiss you row by row when it's your row's turn to come forward. So if your, uh, the usher has not dismissed your row, don't come forward yet, okay? We wanna make sure that we can monitor the traffic flow a bit. Once your row is dismissed, you're gonna exit your row toward the usher, okay? We're reserving our center aisle for people waiting to receive communion this morning. The side aisles are for exiting the, the front and your row. Sound good? That way we can keep traffic moving in the right direction. And here's what's gonna happen. When the usher dismisses your row, 
We're gonna have you just go all the way out and back up through the center. Sound good? That way you're not running into each other. So you're gonna come out your row, go out the doors and come up the center row. And what you're gonna do there is the usher, you're gonna stop right here at the end of the row and usher will tell you when it's your turn and then they'll t- you'll lead you to a pod where then you'll receive the bread and the juice, okay? Okay, so here's what's, what I wanna tell you. If you're not a believer, if you're not ready or wanting to take communion this morning, I want you to know that you are welcome to come forward still and we will bless you. Uh, but if you want to stay in your seat today, that's okay as well. So don't feel bad about that. You're free to participate how you uh, feel is appropriate today. If you do come forward, when you do come forward, when you get to us, if you're wanting to receive communion this morning, I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor. I'm gonna ask you to put your hands in front of you like this. Those of you from a traditional background, this might be familiar to you. This will be your indicator to us that you wanna receive communion today. If you do not wanna receive communion today, we want you to keep your hands down so that there's no confusing. We might have to clarify, but that'll just keep it easy and then it'll be private and personal too that way. When you get your bread, your piece of bread, you can immediately take that and eat that right in front of the pastor who's blessing you, and then once you've eaten the bread, then you can slide over to receive the cup of juice, and you can drink that up here as well. And then once you're done drinking the juice, you can set your cup in the trash basket and then find your way back to your seat. Sound good? That's what we're gonna do. And then after today, we're gonna be pros at it, and if we ever wanna do it again, we won't have to do this. This whole explanation. Right? So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray, and then our team is gonna take their place, and then we'll begin. Would you join me in prayer, please? Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have today to share in communion together. And we thank you for sending your son Jesus to make the way for us to be reconciled to you, Jesus, thank you for your obedience to death on the cross and for making the way for us to be forgiven, rescued, justified, and saved. And Father, by your spirit, would you bless the bread and the cup today as we remember and reflect upon your son's death. Would you please fill this place with your presence? Refresh our faith today. Unify our community today. And continue to transform our hearts and lives. And most of all, we ask that you'd bring yourself great glory this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Vineyard family, the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. This is my piece of bread. This is a traditional wafer. Do you recognize this? He took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He says, the body of Christ broken for you. In the same way, he took the cup after supper. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often you drink it in remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. Would you join us this morning? In communion. Hey everybody, that is it for this week's sermon. If you want to watch or listen to the remainder of the service, you can go to our YouTube page at myvineyardchurch.com. I hope you all have an amazing and blessed day today.